yes, 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 yes! That was a goal! Striker! Eat that! And another! Bing bang, stick it in! Thank you and good night! Twat! That was liquid football! Hello everybody, it's your old friend of Only Madness and welcome to the New Year special of the Liquid Football Podcast. Same as the old year special, only it's now 2020. Yes, New Year, New Podcast is the, well, I was going to go with the slogan, but Neil kind of ruined it with just admitting what we all know is true. It's still us rambling about football for fucking two hours, so that's something at least. But we are actually rejigging the layout a little bit so that we're not going to have two podcasts this week. We're now actually going to try and slim down the podcast to one a week for your view for your listening pleasure, because um, there's presumably still a few of you actually listening to the podcast, which would be nice, you know. Whee! Just saying. Um, so with that in mind, guys, first of all, we have a lot of football to talk about, but yes. we're not going to do four match days, so we're not going to have a major rundown like last time. We're going to just kind of give us a bite-sized rundown. We'll explain that when we get to it. But first, we're going to start off as we always do. With a round of transfer guff. Noticed the transfer, the January transfer window is now open. Uh, moves have already been made. Liverpool have signed Minamino. The unit has mm-hmm. gone to his uh, new spiritual home of Dortmund and is therefore going to take over the world from there. So, I for one welcome our new Norwegian overlords. Mm-hmm. But there is still plenty of transfer guff to go around. So, as always, I've got two real stories from reputable sources. And then one I've completely made up based off my FIFA save file, which I actually played this week because I was very, very sick and I had nothing else to do. <laughs> and FIFA's easy. Um, so, with that in mind, my top story tonight um, comes from the Chinese Super League. Have you guys been following up on your Chinese football? Uh, no. I have not. Right. Well, you've I've be been ha- following up on my Chinese takeaways over the Christmas. <laughs> I have not, would you believe? Not one Chinese takeaway over the Christmas. That's, that yeah, should tell you how sick I was. Mm. That's quite depressing. Isn't it just... Isn't it just? <coughs> so, if you don't know, the Chinese Super League has introduced a wage uh, cop, uh, wage cap. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. So, only players can be paid up to upwards of 49000 from now on. Which means that uh, players like um, Pele, Graziano Pele, remember him? He's on no. 400k a week. <laughs> so, those players are going to be going. <laughs> so oh, okay. So, the whole lure of going to China is... is gone. Oh, okay. Yeah, because now they've got the luxury tax on the players... Cap on foreign players and now wage cap completely. And I don't know if that affects Rafa Benitez in any way, considering he's getting like paid like Chinese provinces every year in money. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. Um, but with that in mind, my uh, top story is based off that because according to the Manchester Evening News journalist Duncan Castles, he claims that Man United have been scouting the Chinese league because of this new rule. And he believes that they can sign, or rather he thinks that the club can sign uh, Oscar, formerly of Chelsea, who plays for Shanghai SIPG, and Zhangzhou Evergrande's Anderson Taliska. Um, but he reckons that they'll only be able to sell him, or at least buy them for $100 million for the two of them. 
Wow. Even with the wages. It's the wages that's inflating the fees. Mm-hmm. Right, so okay. 100 million dollars would be maybe like 110 euros thereabouts or maybe like 90 pounds 90 million pounds right okay actually no brexit's happened so fiver <laughs> <laughs> so that's and my top and chips and fish and chips yeah and a picture of boris johnson yeah. um so that's a top story my second story comes from marca who uh, as we all know are a fantastic completely unbiased newspaper <laughs> um they are reporting that real madrid they're not looking to sell james rodriguez in january because they've got serious midfield injury crisis they really don't want to sell any other players but Everton have made contact. Or rather, Carlo Ancelotti has made contact and he thinks he can get James Rodriguez for 43 million euros. Okay. That's the price for James Rodriguez, apparently. So, my uh, final story then comes from another Spanish uh, publication, RMC Sport. And it's an Arsenal story, would you believe? Oh. Yes. They think that Mikel Arteta, they think they have a shortlist for the transfers, right? And he reckons that, um, or they reckon rather, that Arteta's top uh, target is Adrian Rabio. They think they can get him for 30 million euros because he has not broken into the Juve team as intended. Nope, he has absolutely not. He is most certainly not because that's not what happens at Juventus. <laughs> you don't break into the team. You basically sit on a whole bounty full of money, like rub Ronaldo's feet every now and then, and that's about it. Exactly, that's all. Yeah. That's He's your career. sitting on a last pot of gold like a fucking dragon. Exactly, yeah. You basically felt your world-class player for maybe two weeks, and that's your, that's your done then, basically. Pretty much. So, my three stories summed up is... United signing Oscar and Anderson Taliska, Everton signing uh, James Rodriguez, or Adrian Rabio signing to Arsenal. So, my Gunnar friends, which story is enticing you the least? I'm going with the your second one. My second one, James Rodriguez, Everton. Yurt. Okay. I'm going to go. That's with the, the fake one. You, the fake one. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was going to say the Chinese league one is the fake one. You're going for Chinese league. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um. I do believe the dog is. Uh, <laughs> the dog has lost her ball. Yes, she Aww. has. I'll continue on. My first real story is one both of you um, didn't bite for, which is Adrian Rabiot to Arsenal. Because I've actually heard that. Yes, you. I, I thought you would have. Mm-hmm. But apparently Everton are um, are top bidding for him now. Yeah, which Everton is, could go fuck off. Yes, <laughs> that would be uh, preferable, I suppose. Just in, in any context, I think that's preferable, isn't it? Just I think Everton. the whole purpose of like, I think there's this thing over the next. Uh, tra- this transfer with the January transfer window and summer mm. uh, of Arsenal overhauling totally overhauling the defence yeah so Rabio will come in if we can get him in January and possibly Umpumcano mm. that has come across um, a lot yeah, lately yeah. Uh, and if we can't get him in January we can like agree with the club that they'll sell him to us in the summer like you've done with Saliba yeah mm. pretty much what we do with Saliba so that means that coming into the next season we'll have a back line that could have Adrian Rabio, William Saliba and Obamecano it's not bad and then we'll just supplement that with either Tierney or Bellerin or, or Mustafi because he'll never leave <laughs> until he gets his big money move to <laughs> West Bromwich Albion we have to send in SEAL Team 6 to get him out of Arsenal like I swear to god dug in like a tick man oh, can't get him out fucking get him out of there with an excavator <laughs> The mental image alone. It's just he's just there like chained to the fucking like yeah. gates like, still, yeah. still doing <laughs> like a tree hugger. He's still doing that stupid pose. <laughs> get that ass, get that ass. You can't get that ass because I'm chained to it. <laughs> My other real story um comes from Marca. They reckon that James Rodriguez could go to Everton Fuck because of right Carlo off. Ancelotti. Yeah, yeah. Like there's so many clubs, like so many players linked to Everton based off Ancelotti. Lorenzo Insigne is a top one. In all fairness, now you know most of the Napoli team. To be fair. In all fairness, I still can't believe Carlo Ancelotti is the Everton manager. I don't kind of. I still, I still can't believe. It. No, I don't, I don't think so. I think it's a carpet. It's like it. it's like I've seen a new color. 
Yeah, I think it. I think it. All this talk of David Moyes being back in the Premier League, I'm like, you know, he's for Everton. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. I keep he's managing keep Everton. No. I still think it's a body double. Like, like Ancelotti at Everton. Yeah, it's proof we're living in a dumbest timeline. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more so proof that Carlo just wanted to go somewhere for a while. Just okay, yeah, but to Everton, just for the sport of it. Need. To Everton, like of all the clubs in the Premier League, like he could have gone to Manchester United. Could have gone to West Ham. Could have gone to. <laughs> Go on, yes, no, Sorry, maybe. Yeah, kind of deflated. <laughs> but uh, no, West Ham have, have, have a deeper problem. Moyes isn't going to solve shit there. I know the recent result was very good, mm. for them, but Moyes, that, that club's got deeper issues. Yes. Whereas Everton have the issue of whereby they just keep buying loads and loads of players and getting worse. Yeah. So, with that being said, that means my fake story comes from China. Mm. And FIFA bought um, Oscar and Anderson Taliska to fix the ailing Ollie's at the wheel uh, Man United team. Which is not really going to work, really, is no. it? <laughs> no. Still, though, I'd love to see it. Anyway, moving swiftly on then to our uh, new segment ish. It's the Premier League rundown. Woo! Woo! There's been quite a lot of football over the last two weeks. Mm, it's we, been fantastic. We've I've enjoyed it, you know. Um, I don't remember match day eighteen because I again I was in my flu air like Height quarantine <laughs> yeah. at the time. But uh, no, the rest of them were quite fun. I'm just saying, uh, having <coughs> I think I had a minor chest infection over the holidays, mm. and I have to admit, codeine is wonderful. Codeine's great. It is it really amazing. It's fucking wonderful. This uh, edition of the Footlicker Football Podcast is brought to you by opiates. <laughs> For all of your painkilling and overdose needs. So, um, the way we're going to do this, right? And we're going to do this from now on because um, talk we, as much as we love talking about football, doing it for three hours can be quite taxing <laughs> and it's getting us nowhere. So, we're abridging the rundown to basically giving you the scores as they happened and then each one of us is going to go in depth in a match of our choice. So, uh, we're going to do that from now on and because we've got four match days to do, this is why. <laughs> so, starting on match day 18, which was uh, ancient history at this stage. Early kickoff was Everton nil, Arsenal nil. A game we'll never talk about again because <laughs> it was perhaps the worst game of the decade. Yeah. People have been talking about. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, we're not doing that. Uh, Arsenal won, Southampton or Aston Villa won, Southampton three, and um, Danny Ing show again. Uh, Bournemouth nil, Burnley one uh, is another go- a game that indeed happened. Um, Brighton nil, Sheffield one was also a game that happened. Uh, a lot of one nils lads this weekend. It was pretty bad. Newcastle won, Palace nil. Um, Miguel Almiron scoring his first goal in like two years Aww. and he was very very happy about it <laughs> happy frog boy. he was such a frog boy about it because he I remember the, the one thing I will say about the match was that like the, the goal was like a Carroll knockdown which was just vintage Andy Carroll he just stood there and a ball hit him and then went to Almiron he scored and he just ran just ran towards the fans and there's like a little kid there just waiting to receive him and he just like he just tried to devour this young child like it was just it was wonderful emotion and uh, was obviously going to be the setup that Newcastle needed for a very successful Christmas. 
No, 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 it wasn't. No, no that's not just how kidding. Happened. Uh, Norwich won Wolves two. Was also a game that happened. Uh, Man City three, Leicester one. The Brendan Rodgers train has officially derailed. Yes, it's it's going. off the tracks. Yeah. Um, although to be perfectly honest with you, where exactly was that train going other than second? It was going to Brendan Rodgers taking over Real Madrid. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's where he wants to be. Uh, are you sure you you're, you're not reading your FIFA save file? <laughs> no, that's football manager. Uh, Although that, in all yeah. fairness, like Ancelotti's at Everton, so fucking anything. anything's possible. Yeah, this I, is literally like the reality with the fucking wheels are gone. Yeah. On. Like, there's, no, there's no there's no rules. There. It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, exactly. Brexit means Brexit. Tell you whoever whoever is overseeing football at the Illuminati has really dropped the ball. Oh, you say that, but this <laughs> this feels like a season finale. Either like, that yeah. he's got way off his meds, yeah. or he's back on them. It depends, like those guys. yeah, it's been it's been home for the last while. Like where, like Liverpool going to win the league this year potentially. Like that's yeah. See, I, I caught myself there for a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's getting closer. It's getting closer. But Fuck like, have it. Do you, yeah. Seriously, like, it was funny. Andrew Allen did put out a tweet there after he's beat Leicester, going literally the only way. The, I've I've worked it out, lads. The only way Liverpool can uh, be halted from winning the league is if Stan Kroenke buys them. <laughs> Which would be funny, but never. Or Ivan Gazidis takes over. <laughs> because because even John Henry hates Stan Kroenke. Yeah, Stan Kroenke is not liked in America at all. Why can't I? Can't, why can't I do Ivan again for my card? Because you did it like two times, twice in a row, almost. Have I? Yeah. <laughs> You've done a lot in fairness. Yeah. Or even if you pick a different card, you'll always come back to Ivan. <laughs> <laughs> all roads lead to Ivan Gazidis. <laughs> all anyway, bad things. All bad things, yeah. He is your bad penny. Uh, the, the Sunday games was... Uh, no, it's funny you said that. I actually picked... I was thinking, I could do it when I am, and then segue back into Ivan. I was actually thinking that in my head, and the two of you have just said it. You're like... Shit. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're on to me. <laughs> You'll never take me alive. <laughs> Jump out the window. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Neil Dodge for 2020. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Neil will be replaced by Mr. Poopy Butthole from now on. Um, ooh-wee, ooh-wee. The Sunday Games was a 2 0 win for Watford against Man United, which is a game I'll be talking about momentarily. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then uh, the other game was a 2 0 win for Chelsea against Spurs, which Rachel will be talking about momentarily. Mm-hmm. But first. We'll go back to Neil, who's going to talk about Burnley Bournemouth. Mainly, interest. I'm not actually taking the, t- talking about anything that happened at this match because it was a shit match. It was an absolutely god god awful match. Like it was such a shit match. There was actually more blood injuries than there were goals. Right, like half the highlights were literally about people getting blood into. Absolutely, it was like watching fucking celebrity death. It match. was absolutely <laughs> it was brilliant because there was fuck all boxing over Christmas, so I was delighted. Yeah, so um, <laughs> they, they really <laughs> missed a step of not having this on Boxing Day, isn't it? Like they fucking ah oh, lads, just time it right. Like come on. Oh that but it's it's just fucking hilarious. Uh, but no, the reason why I picked this is because this is the game that defined the three words of Bournemouth are fucked. Oh. You say that, but I think it's uh, two weeks later. Uh, no, I think this is where no, this is where it really the reality starts to click in. Yeah, like I, I like the recent result mm. has merely just hammered yet another few nails into that coffin. But I yes. think this is the match that put the lid down because I think this is the match that rooted them to the bottom. Well, it's got them like in that kind of relegation scrap because because he started so well, they were kind of mid table for a while, yeah. And then the likes of Palace, Sheffield, yeah. Wolves, they all started over overtaking them. But now the likes of like Everton would be overtaking them now, and mm. even like Newcastle's ahead of them as well. Now. Yeah, Newcastle are way ahead of them. Yeah, and they're fucking shipping goals. They're leaking goals. Oh, they're, well, they're that, that that's a ship that's going to be sinking soon too. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um. No, it was just a really scrappy match. But Jesus Christ, Bournemouth showed absolutely nothing in this. Oh yeah, I'm deeply worried for them as well. Very very fucking. Worried. I mean, yeah. 
Yeah, Bourne leads. I'm like they gashed a good few people open. I'm like Fraser got his arm split up, the head split. It was up so like, fucking rough with them. Yeah. Like Tarkovsky, like the, the the jump into Fraser by Tarkovsky was hilarious. Because it was so he, cr- it was all, he, so unfair. It was he, wrong. He, he takes it. You watch the replay <laughs> yeah. and like it's not even it's hilarious. Like Fraser is jumping up vertically to get the ball. Tarkovsky yeah. takes a six meter run sprint. <laughs> to leap into him with his elbow. <laughs> yeah. I was like, holy shit, like you'd see that in the WWE, like, you know, uh, I'm yeah. expecting him to like finish Fraser off by getting a table out. <laughs> <laughs> Rolling him onto it yeah. and then fucking like, like hopping tar- off the crossbar yeah. and cracking down. Like, like tactically the best thing to do right it would have been a jackknife power bomb. Absolutely. But doing that on a pitch can be very, very it's hard it, to get it's, that it's done. Awful, like. Especially with the studs and everything. Yeah, exactly. You get and your foot and right and your back and everything. It's fucking awful. Yeah. But yeah, there's two blood tubs, two blood injuries <laughs> and one goal. <laughs> which is all you can say about this game um, but it, it is yeah. a game where like Bournemouth just showed no sort of impact like, yeah. Burnley should have been a match where they could have they should have been going into this going this is three points lads like, mm-hmm. if we really dig in and we put in the work yeah. like it, it's only like it's, it's Sean Dyche like we can get three points um, but, like, no. but alas no yeah. alas um, for some reason Deutsch isn't starting Jay Rodriguez despite the fact that he always does something for them every time he gets put on I think that's why because he's like a better I think he's is a better, he a better super, super sub. sub I think he is because the way the way Burnley work is it's a four four two system but they're so gash without him like, but that, no, he's they're the point. really bad that's the point though you that know how like when you start, he's like between a rock and a hard place he's like I can't play him for 90 minutes because yeah. he might get injured because he's quite on the fragile he is stage. he can be prone yeah but like without him, like they've got nothing. They're fucking. Cold. I, I think the idea of the of the two setup because it's always Barnes and Wood up front. Like yeah. they they soften people up. Like yeah. they're 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 the ones that get the pre punches in. Yeah. And then like so if the, if that doesn't work because Wood always like scores ahead of goal and mm. Barnes just like yeets himself into the into the goal, so it doesn't matter. If that doesn't work, then your plan B is always Jay Rodriguez, you know, or one of your like anonymous fucking midfielders that are still there, like Jim from fucking Scarborough. <laughs> yeah. Scores <laughs> and and you win anyway. Like they, I want it to Desmond from down the road. It's the local painter. Oh my goodness! That's good, Desmond. He Why beat, am I doing Murray Walker all of a beat, sudden? He beat cancer eight months ago, and fair play to him. He's just scored in the derby. Amazing. <laughs> Damon Hill has but, scored. <laughs> but that's it. I I purely I purely picked this match, uh, because for the sheer horrendous amount of stitches that are going to be needed for yeah. it. Um, I think there was more stitches in this game that, that Bournemouth had points and the rest they, of the yeah, season they were far actually I, I really seriously wouldn't I mean consider the state of Frazier afterwards like, yeah um, Tarkovsky really cleaned his clock like proper style mm. um, I wouldn't be surprised like there was actually there was more blood injuries than there were shots on target let alone goals yeah because there was only one <laughs> and even on then the Burnley goal that, that had to be checked by VAR was, yeah, like, was that a goal was that a VAR was that a shot on target yeah like, like, I, it was I a shot on the target reason, I the reason why the, the VAR were there it had took so long for it to var check they were asleep <laughs> yeah they, they got to sleep or they were out at like yeah. a McDonald's or something That's like it. that Bob yeah Bob like, be there. Yeah, yeah 20 chicken <laughs> <nuggets>. <laughs> uh, and give me give me like all the, like give me the large barbecues and like can I get like more than two of them because there's like four of them in there and they're fucking drinking like, what he's gone yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like he's trying to the <laughs> yeah try not to drop his, try not to drop his <laughs> nuggets on him yeah all the drinks spilling and like, uh. exactly so that's it but this, I think this is where the lid gets laid down on Bournemouth and we'll run I will other matches that, yes. in pre- next games yeah. weeks but um, remarkably the, like Bournemouth's going to get a lot of mentioned in the next uh, couple of match days it's been one because of the because I think but this is where they made their entry into the bookies favourites to go down because mm-hmm. it was after this match that the odds started to plummet yeah. about getting relegated. Yeah, yeah plummeted. Indeed. Um, I'll continue on then. I'll be talking about the Wofford game and the return oh, of the Nidge. What? Yeah. So, what? 
Watford have had a brilliant Christmas. They've doubled their points tally in four weeks. Not even four weeks, in a fortnight. Yeah. And it's all been down to Nidge Pearson. Or has it? Because Nidge Pearson arriving at Watford has coincided with Troy Deeney coming back. Top up Troy! From his uh, hernia, whatever it was. I don't know what he had. What, what, I don't know what was wrong with him, but he was injured. Let's just assume that. Did you have herniated cojone? Yes. <laughs> what? Um, but he was. Watford actually did look pretty good here. I think this match was a kind of a case sometimes of like, you know, like if you can't tell if a team was good or like the, the opposition was bad. Like yeah. it's a kind of combination of that. They played United, didn't? Is this the one you're yes. talking about? This is United. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, yeah. So the first, <laughs> like the first goal was Sar, um, like just what was welling it, and De Gea fumbled the ball into the goal. And we met. I think we were discussing this. Um, we were discussing this last time out that De Gea has finally like reached the, the level, the average of his team. Yeah, I think he's re- yeah he's reverted to the mean. Yeah, reverted, reverted, reverted to the mean. Reverted to the mean. Yeah. Um, of the team. And unfortunately, the mean of Manchester United is quite fucking low. It's exceptionally low. He is now, yeah. and also like it's, his defense are now getting far, far worse. Like they're but just like I think um, he's been pulling out the saves in other matches that has been keeping the team in it and whatever. And mm. this was one of those like classic, oh fuck, like this is a fucking shit blunder. Oh yeah. shit, this is another shit blunder. Oh yeah, he should again. Yeah, it's madly. Cause... I think this is like the point where like he'd kind of gotten away because of with all of his little mistakes, mm. kind of like Bernardo, Leto, um, because of all of the unbelievable stops he's been pulling out. Yeah, or not even unbelievable, but just the stops he's been pulling out. But also, and like United, well, at least at home, like they will at least uh, score at least one goal, or they'll do at least something to to kind of with cover a that fact. Controversial penalty or free. Yeah, something yeah. like that. And but in this game they just had no fight whatsoever. Yeah. Like you really see this like maybe not over the Christmas as such because they've been actually okay, but in the Watford and Arsenal game there was just no fight. There's no fight from this United team, and I think it's down to it's down a lot of it's down to team preparation. And um, this is the <laughs> one game there is none. There is none. There's absolutely none. No no <laughs> team preparation. I don't think there's even any coaching. Like I think generally like Solskjaer is obviously a game for the. The like the United like yeah, team. Just a, and you just Woodward. have to stop there. He's just a game. Yeah. He's just a game. <laughs> he is unfortunately, and like obviously, like from from what I can see, there this United team is not going anywhere. They're just spinning their wheels, and to be fair, like I think they're getting worse. Oh no, they're definitely getting a lot but worse. But at the same token, though, like they're young, like at least the players that are coming through, mm-hmm. like so whoever's after Solskjaer will make great use of those players. Like Greenwood's gonna be a star. Brandon Williams is not bad. As a he's player. a lot better than Shaw. He's like, a lot better than Shaw. Like, well, yeah. Obviously, we'll, we'll get to this when we're talking about the Manchester United Arsenal game. Yeah. But I was very surprised when I saw Shaw on their team sheet mm. and not Williams. Yeah. Considering the match they had prior to that. Mm. Where he that, was bombing down the fucking side. Yeah. He was going great. I mean, yeah. there's, other thing, there's, other, there's other things about that as well. Like, yeah. They're not, again, we'll get to this in the Arsenal game, but they didn't start Pereira for the Arsenal game. Mm-hmm. And he had an assist in the previous game. Yeah. And I'm going... What, like is he, what is he thinking? But the casting is like Pereira is not necessarily a like a, a great player as such, but he just suits the way they need to play. Like he yeah. just he just feeds balls forward for the top from three, and that's all you need there. Because Mata's not fit enough to play just like consistent <coughs> games. Pogba is a cunt, and <laughs> well, I don't know what Matic is anymore. I presume he's just. Stunned. I actually have a lot of time for Matic. It's just, it's he's gotten to the point now where he's not degraded. I've gotten and gotten older. I think he's and, got, s- and gotten older kind of seems so. but the thing is like he's far he, he, he can't deal with speed he can't yes, handle he yeah. can't the handle game's too fast for him now he can't, he can't handle now he's a good player like mm. he's a very good player give him the ball at his feet he will offload it somewhere 
like to another player I on his own team. I think he's too old to understand all the memes that the young people on the team are talking about. Oh, he's a boomer. Yeah, he's a boomer. That's yeah. his problem. He's still, yeah. go, he's still going through. Like every time the ball gets to his feet, he's like, what does Denk mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> what's beans, beans, beans? What the fuck is that? Jesse, what's beans, beans, beans? Actually, no, never mind. I don't want that. That dog is misspelled hello. <laughs> I love that as a, as a party Twitter account. This is like Boomer Matic. It's just like, I was like, what is this dench you people keep seeking? Oh, no one uses dench anymore, Jonathan. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm showing my age there. Pretty I'm outdated sorry. meme reference there. Wow. That's, that was the idea. I have to work on a meta level here. Come on, people. Get on well, the program. Fring Pong. <laughs> we all remember Fring Pong. Oh my God. No matter how much you Player try. of the decade for Arsenal. <laughs> Oh okay. Okay, so, so this shows how interesting this man yes, has done. Yes. Yes. Well, into the one the, <laughs> memes and frimpong. That's how we will always know. revert to the name of the Venus frimpong and Ivan Gazidis. That is our. That is our. Much like the same way De Gea has now gone down to the level of his team. Indeed. We've now gone down to the level of any discussion around Manchester United, in which we just resort to memes and frimpong. Memes and frimpong. There's a title for the podcast. Memes uh, and frimpong. Yes. <laughs> it sounds like a pub. <laughs> That would be literally the it's most be hipsterish pub. Oh yeah, my god! The they would only have like homebrew on top. Yeah, yeah. I, I say it. Can you do you have like a top hat? <laughs> yeah, the top hats with a floating pub. Absolutely, <laughs> it'd be a great place to go around there if you're really angry because you could just you could I, I could just write off a lot of the violence as irony. <laughs> so Rachel, uh, Tottenham nil Chelsea two before Neil gets himself into trouble. Um, um, this I, was a fun game. This was a fun game. Yeah. I was in Amsterdam for this, and um, <laughs> now uh, it's pronounced now, Amsterdam. The, the, the reasons for funness now are there, there's a slight undercurrent there. Uh, <laughs> this is a game you can only enjoy when baked off your tits. <laughs> I, I would love to say that that was the reason I enjoyed this match, but um, we were in a restaurant and the match happened to be on and I ordered what I thought was like a traditional Dutch stew but the poster lied to me and it was actually just raw beef on a plate and to distract myself because was, it was quite posh and, and you didn't want to embarrass yourself I didn't want to embarrass myself <laughs> and pretend like oh and your boyfriend uh, so uh, I distracted myself with the match and ate the raw beef um, <laughs> <laughs> did it make it more palatable less oh, palatable well when Sun got red carded I that was so... F- no, actually, no. Do you know what was the best part of that game was the Gazaniga crossbody? Oh, yeah. So but If you're talking about WWE, that was pure fucking Eddie Guerrero shit that was. It's actually it's actually weird. The last three weeks now, we've been just going on with WWE moves. And yeah. Dini has not been involved at all. The rest of the league... No, Dini's biding his time. They, they've, they've really stepped up. No, in no. His, they've really yeah, stepped in, up in, in his, his absence. absence. Yeah, yeah. 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 Dini's biding his time. He's like the Undertaker. You wait until March when he comes around and bam, there's yeah. your fucking tombstone Paul driver. Absolutely. Um, Drop someone on his head. Yeah, this match is really interesting because the restaurant that we were in was quite quiet. So... Hmm. Uh, <laughs> you screaming your... No. Yeah. <laughs> Get off the pit, you fuck! Flinging raw meat into the ceiling. Um, but when. Um, the limit alone. <laughs> when the penalty was conceded, um, there was uh, just this huge laugh mm. from behind the counter, and the guy behind, like the counter, like the waiter guy, was just in knots, and. He came over and he's like, are you a Chelsea supporter? Because I'd obviously celebrated. Yeah. And I was like, no. And he was like, are you an Arsenal supporter? And I went, yeah. And he goes, makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and he sat down behind us because the restaurant was that quiet. Yeah. And 
just watched the match with us and did oh. like live commentary half English half Dutch it was hilarious that's brilliant <laughs> uh, that's why I wanted to talk about because not really to do any of the match like, the match was interesting because Spurs were getting caught out for all of the ridiculous fouls that they do all of the time mm. um, the one thing I'll say about this match is it's probably the best performance I've seen from Chelsea this season Chelsea played really well they were so good they um, just controlled the game they just the passing I was very very jealous and Willian did one of his Willian oh, matches where Willian, he was man. just that is the best game I've seen him yeah, play like you know, there's a tendency years. to wait until like people have completely written him off as a total donkey yeah and then he, and then he comes back with whipped out like 10 it's the, it was the first goal where he's just like literally just, like you can see that where he is from the box he's just going like okay he's not going to shoot it from there oh he did never mind yeah that's fucking hell because <laughs> you think like oh he's not across for Abraham far corner no no he just took the shot and scored um, yeah Bastard. and the other thing was Son got a red card and that was not rescinded yeah. after all because it was fucking petulant as fuck very petulant yeah. um, that's the thing like, that, the, but he's done this before that's my point mm. like how, how are people walking around so long he's not the type of player he yeah, didn't he fucking get absolutely a, is uh, Bournemouth last season yeah. yeah yeah. against Travers wasn't no it wasn't uh, it wasn't a keeper can't remember who it was against the Bournemouth centre back yeah but yeah he um, yeah he got caught out uh, VAR actually did a good thing yeah and VAR was actually quite good. had given him a yellow for it, and VAR then upgraded it to red. Yeah. And uh, our, the wait, my waiter friend behind the bar gave me a free pint. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and to celebrate. <laughs> to celebrate Sun being sent off. Which also um, probably helped the beef go down as well. Yeah, yes. yeah it washed down that Well, actually, ball. no, it was stuck to the ceiling fan. <laughs> the yeah, a lot of it was still <laughs> <laughs> Fries a lot of it, it off was, the television. I was disguising. <laughs> they thought I was eating it, but I was just flicking it up into the ceiling fan. She was doing the, <laughs> she was doing the Georgie Borges on it. Yeah. Fucking. Um, but yeah, um, Chelsea were really good, and yeah. that made me very nervous um, about our upcoming match against them because it's funny because they actually really needed that performance because their home form is actually horrendously bad for Chelsea standards because they yeah. can't control the game, like they can't manage games. We're going to find out now next week or next match day, like when they're asked when you when they're expected to be like on the counter and trying to like basically counter punch they're really good at it yeah. like against Spurs because they're the away team and they have that away mentality but against home when they're expected to control the game and all these young players are supposed to like show control and majority they just don't have it they don't control what, what games what I found was some of the actual uh, passing from Chelsea was so good and mm-hmm. then in contrast Spurs would win the ball back and the waiter guy was counting down the seconds until they lost possession yeah. again and he never got past seven that's fair. Like, I, like I'd agree with that. I, uh, I noticed just, that it's a Hampton game. Yeah, week. it was just re- like passing it straight out of play, I think, four times mm. in the first half. Yeah. I think they passed it straight out of play, and he was just like, oh, this is great. He was a Chelsea supporter, but, um, you know, I look past that when he gave me the free beer. Yeah, that's fair, yeah. Well, yeah, no, that's why I wanted to talk about it. Yeah. That raw meat story very good. to tell you. Very, very good. <laughs> uh, also, like, Sons. Son fell like it wasn't like even just a regular run of the mill fell like he puts a stud into Rudiger's rib cage. Yeah, he tried to tuck, like suppose, tear his nipple off. Yeah, the other... like what? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> like now, people are funnily enough. I've actually seen like tweets of, like oh Rudiger went down kind of theatrically there. He's like he got kicked in the chest. I was like it doesn't matter how like, hard like yeah, like as well as that like the way he went down. Son still got a yellow card from the ref. Mm. I think the fact that it look at, looked at VAR was good that mm-hmm. it actually got escalated. Mm-hmm. But then the other thing on that it would be um, to talk about would be the racism. And, yes. Uh, the Towards match. Rudiger, yeah. And yeah. the last thing is that hasn't been followed up on. No, well, um, actually from that match, a Chelsea supporter has been given a lifetime ban. And, oh, I haven't uh, seen that now. Because as Son was being sent off, he made racist gestures yeah. 
to right. Sun, um, but none of the Tottenham supporters have been followed, caught up on. That's the one I was. That's um, the one I was following up on. But yeah, uh, maybe they were just lo- thinking about words to say to Rudiger, but couldn't come up with anything other than monkey chants. I mean, that worked for them before when one of the Spurs supporters True banana. threw a banana skin at. It's one of five Daniel. It's a perfect reason. I'm thinking he just wrote it off. He's like, look, I wanted to throw something at him, and there was a kid next to me eating a banana, and I just went, oh yeah, that's great. Took it off the kid and threw it at him. It wasn't a racist act. No, of course. Maybe that's the same thing. Maybe they were just thinking of things to slag Rudiger off about. At that point in the match, they'd gone through. This is obviously completely facetious bollocks, by the way. In case anybody thinks I'm serious, I assume you couldn't tell from the tone of your voice. Um, that is like it's, it's when ridiculous. A player like he was going over to the ref, telling the ref to stop the match because it, was just, it wasn't just him. It was Aspilicueta as well. Yeah, Aspilicueta, yeah. yeah, and they got relayed to Moyes and Arsenal Moyes. You hear me, Jesus? Uh, Lampard and Mourinho. Frank Lampard, Chelsea. Frank Lampard, <laughs> Chelsea. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. But yeah, that was the other talking point. Yeah. Um, pretty much of a downer. It got talked about in the media for again for about forty mm. seconds, and then. Was that the one where Neville got shut down by Sky Sports? Okay, yeah, they explained this, right? Um, Neville had brought up the um, the fact that like, obviously with Boris Johnson and all that kind of like, like racial undertones of his like. Uh, it's like oh yeah, the rhetoric. Politi- the politics basically is just it's like racism in football stems from the public embracing racism through politics or some yeah. shit. Yeah, like yes, it was actually a really good point. It was a very good point, particularly for Gary Neville to have said. Yeah, and then. He got cut off by the Sky Sports yeah. commentator saying they are, of course, your personal comments uh, and don't reflect the comments yeah. of Sky Sports. We have to be balanced. Yes. So and here's... no one even responds to it. I was like, I'm talking about racism. What balance are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. so here's the thing, right? <laughs> the, the presenter, Dave Jones, explained this, right? He basically, he got a whisper in his ear because... I can imagine, no, no, I can imagine yeah. that you didn't do that. They were supposed to be apolitical. So it wasn't about the... So everyone mis... Well, I say everyone, but like literally everyone in the room, like Suness Neville, they all misread him in what he was saying. And he obviously like fucked up the like the the kind of like the political statement as well it's just like we they can't take a stance on the political side because obviously this was elect, like just after the election yeah. as well so everything's sensitive so he was talking about the actual like politics side of like Boris and Orban yeah. 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 but not the racial side but everyone obviously because of the context of the conversation they thought like oh well it's like well, no, about in all fairness, like I think people could be forgiven for coming to that conclusion. Oh, absolutely, yeah, given yeah. that he did not make that clear. Oh no, so fucking no that's what he was saying he afterwards. He, he said, not, like, "I can see now how like, it comes across." I suppose if he's getting something in his ear to relay straight out, he doesn't really have time to formulate no. his words and how mm. he's going to say them. Exactly, so he, he has, has to, to get it out yeah, because yeah. that producer's going to be screaming at him after. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, producers, that guy will be like are adamant about that. They push it so much, yeah. like, and you can see when they're when they're having those kind of big arguments. You know, we're like, soon as soon as about to go on a mad one about Pogba again, you can just hear like, rain him in, rain him in, rain him in, rain him in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but that's the way it is. Like, and yeah, it's sour to note, but and the problem is like, they still haven't followed up on it, which I found very, very yeah, surprising. Very it was fr- very audible monkey chance. Like, I don't see how you could miss that. You um, Rudiger yeah. tweeted about it saying that I hope this isn't forgotten about in yeah. the next, and it was. I think it should be kept brought up every week. Yeah. Just generally, if it's not been followed up I on. It's better. A friend of mine was watching on a, a stream. Um, I was watching it live. It was completely audible. Yeah, he was completely audible. Like on, but it, you know the way you always wind up on some random stream that has the like the crowd noise amplified for some weird, weird yeah. reason. Yeah, and he was like, "Holy shit!" Like he, ge- he genuinely thought like it was coming from there was something else. Like, one mm. of his roommates was playing his was playing his like PS4 in a different part of the room. Yeah, he genuinely thought that it was coming from his television. That's insane. Yeah, like it's it was insane. so loud it was coming through the television. Yeah. 
Anyway, uh, yeah. let's move on to match day 19. Um, mm-hmm. Starting mm-hmm. off uh, as we uh, ended, which was Spurs 2, Brighton 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spurs kind of more or less got away with this one. Um, Villa 1, Norwich 0. Big, big game down at the bottom of the table because Norwich could be fucked. Well, I say could be fucked. They are fucked. Let's not, let's not, be, let's not beat around the bush here. And this was kind of the start of the Villa revival. A little bit. Like ish. Villa, yeah, ish. Uh, Villa have had to work for it over Christmas and uh, I have thoughts on them coming up. Um... But yeah, so Villa 1-0 against Norwich. Bournemouth won Arsenal 1, which is, the, I guess, the the start of the Arteta revival. Neil will be talking about that shortly. No, no, I got, no. I got Southampton Chelsea. Did you get Southampton Chelsea? Yes. I'm sorry, old boy. Uh, I got my notes wrong. Speaking of, yes, uh, Chelsea, Neil Southampton 2, the uh, Danny Ings game again, <laughs> which, again, I just love to see. Uh, actually, no, he didn't score this one, actually. It was Obafemi and Redmond, the two Irish uh, stars, even though Redmond isn't Irish yet. He will be. We'll make him Irish. Oh, yeah, you can declare, this. yeah. yeah. Ooh. You can not tell from the high temples, man. That, that's an Irish head of the scene. The mallet on him. <laughs> uh, Palace 2, West Ham 1. So, this Christmas has been fun because I've been playing a game over Christmas going, when will Manuel Pellegrini be sacked? And I was thinking, <laughs> oh, maybe it's this one because uh, they didn't play Liverpool because we were over in the glorious, oh, yeah. um, wonderful empire of Qatar. Uh, all the other hand signals you need to go over. So, that match was postponed. So, we did, he didn't get sacked off that match. Then he lost to Palace. I was like, oh, maybe he'll get sacked now. No, no, he's still in the game. He's still in the, He's just there, just clinging on to dear life oh, like a zombie. Not sorry, the Bournemouth-Arsenal game. Sorry, I was. you were right the first time. Yeah. Would I you like to take our Chelsea? No, 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 I'll no? go with Arsenal-Bournemouth. Okay, fine. Honestly, this is just... Sorry, no, 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 just you were right the first time. Lack of professionalism, really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Carlo Ancelotti revival happened at Burnley. It was a 1-0 win. Yeah. Calvert-Lewin happened. Well, yeah. Wonderful. Um, Sheffield won, Watford won. Uh more of the same really and Newcastle or Newcastle lost 4-1 to Man United that was shocking that was kind of yeah to be fair it was Newcastle not exactly uh, shocked at that one uh, then I oh, know I'm just shocked that Manchester United managed to score 4 that, Dude, that was there were shocking. some decent goals in that game in yeah. fairness Greenwood or um, Martial took his two goals fantastic and then he disappeared for a week because yeah. that's what Martial does he disappeared for two weeks actually yeah well well, yeah maybe three weeks considering uh, yeah actually three weeks yeah yeah she did get this game because I did yes yeah, <laughs> it could be three weeks depending on exactly. how it comes out yeah it depends on his agent um, and then the two big games of the weekend was a 4-0 win for Liverpool against Leicester yeah uh, which I'll be talking about shortly yeah and then the uh, most certainly the funnest game of perhaps the Christmas mm-hmm. which was Wolves 3 Man City 2 Rachel you'll be taking that on yeah uh, but Neil back to you tell me about Bournemouth Arsenal yeah that's the beginning of the Arteta's Arteta's reign the Arteta revolution yeah absolutely the, the green spouts uh, the green spouts now obviously he didn't have a whole lot of um, time to kind of put his mark on he had on five it. days from taking over from Lundberg yeah and Lundberg even still took the warm ups in this yeah so he's out there doing the, the doing the drills but um no, it's like, to be honest with you, like the team played somewhat better than they have been before. Um, a bit cohesive. Be a bit more cohesive, but there was a number of uh, sort of bookmarks mm-hmm. in this game, and the chief one being that Urzel was brought more into the game and actually didn't run the game like he would subsequently to Chelsea and Manchester. Yeah, United we'll games, discuss that further on. Which we will discuss further on. Mm-hmm. But he was definitely more influential. He was starting to influence these games. He's starting to get the space more. It, it seems like the rest of the league. I think after the kind of breakthrough season he had where he just walked into the league and walked into Arsenal and equaled the assists record that was set by Henri. Yeah. And then, like, the next season, like, people were just on him, like, boy, on rice. Mm-hmm. Um, they've started to ignore him now, and it's much to their detriment because he's yeah. pulling mm-hmm. the strings left, right, and centre. But, yeah, we were still left to a good... We still needed 
a really good Aubameyang goal to salvage a draw and Gosling really really should not have gotten that goal mm. very very sloppy stuff again but as I said like you yeah. kind of you could at least have seen like the 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 decay had stopped. It was a kernel of good play yeah. and typical Arsenal defending. Yeah. yeah. So it it seems at the very yeah at the very beginning he Arsenal uh, Teta has gone in and he's clearly seen that he's got an awful lot more to do with the defense than he has with the attack. Absolutely. So he I think for this game with the Bournemouth game particularly when you watch the warm up and Youngberg doing the warm ups with the players. And you can get into a lot more of that. And James McNichols, James McNichols, the Gunner blog, did a really, really fucking good act because yeah. he watched. He even he was even tweeting out. He's like, Jesus. a lot was made about this in the United game. Actually. Yeah, the United game. I was about to say because like if the warm ups keep up like this, like the 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 stadium's going to be full to watch this because yeah. it's box office shit. But they you sort of saw the the kernel of it to keep with the popcorn analogy. Metaphor, yeah. <laughs> butter it up, Neil, butter it up. I'm going to butter this shit up. Um, but this is pre-butter. But yes. Uh, you can see more that salt, like, rather than going with four attackers, we're actually going with five. Yes. So our front five is actually Kalasanac, Aubameyang. Or Saka. Or Saka, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Lacazette. This is from left to right. So yeah. Know, not a visual metaphor. Lacazette, then Urzel uh, and Pepe. Yes. And it's working. But in this, game, in this game, it was Niles, wasn't it? Yeah, it, yeah. this game was Niles. In the United game, you saw the kind of the full former. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you saw the spread, the, the full pop. Yeah, exactly. But Pepe didn't play in this game. Mm. Um, so that might have limited quite a bit. But you got to see that the, the team were starting to form up on the attack. Yeah. The midfield was starting to shape up. Jacka had a quite a decent game. Um, He's had a good Christmas. He's had a good Christmas. He's needed, he's needed a good Christmas. I, I feel like this is the kind of typical Arsenal player thing of try, playing to get their in the shop away. market. Like, yeah. yeah, maybe. Although actually, the, the player will say that's that's been like chalk and cheese since Pinterera because now he's in the team and he's doing he's the job fucking that was designed for. We'll, we'll get. I say we'll get. We'll definitely get into a that. Cinema the fucking popcorn man, on the, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll definitely get into that during the Manchester United yeah. game because he ran the show. But it, there's a good. He, I think we've started to place. That the best midfield two that we've got mm-hmm. is is uh, Torreira and Jacka. Yes, because Guendouzi is a little too much all over the place. He's doing too much. He well, he tries to do too yes. much. Yes, and Arteta needs to rein him in, and he's doing that very. And positional very awareness, it just yes. needs to stick to his spot. Positional awareness. I actually I do have a, a, a piece to talk about that because yeah. I, I do kind of notice it myself in the mm-hmm. United games. So. And now, in all fairness, now too, like there's no player better to teach him midfield positional awareness than Mikel fucking Arteta. Yes, mm-hmm. so like. He'll yeah, be in his I, mouth, yeah. That is not a worry for me. Yes. It, it's not a worry that... He's only 20 as well. 21, exactly. like, come on, there's plenty of just turned 20, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's not a worry for me that he's not going to get that. Yeah, exactly. He will definitely get that. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, like, it was just the, the nub of the, the kernel you could just see of the game that we were going to play and then it really formed after this. Mm. But yeah, um, it was a scrappy game uh, with us trying to implement the style that we're not used to yet, but that the players are clearly buying into. Yes. One of the things, I'll just jump in, mm-hmm. that, um, Arteta, when one of the first training sessions he took over, um, I think this was kind of brought on as well by Lumberg kind of mentioned, like kind of look how they pass in training and look how they pass in the match. Mm. And he was like, what's all of this one touch flicks and tricks that's happening? Like, why don't you do this in the match? Like, because they were doing all of these, you know, smooth, you know, nutmegs and, yeah. you know... Liquid football, Liquid football, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and he kind of just went up to them and he was like, this is all great, but there's no point doing this now to impress me if you're not going to do it on the pitch to impress the fans. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Like, I, as soon as I saw it, I, someone tweeted that. Now, whether they had made it up, 
I don't know, but it filled me with like, oh yes, this is going mm. in the right direction. But you do need people like that, like because I can imagine like the likes of Murder Sacker would be kind of getting that grounded aspect to it as well. Yeah. So you're getting it from three very very good sources of teams who have of players who have been let's be fair have been at least in more successful teams than this one. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. Youngberg, like Youngberg knows what it's like to be a, in a team of serial winners, and Murderzaker and Arteta aren't. No, well, Youngberg's a former invincible. Like. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah, that's so what I'm saying. So he's got play, that winning mentality. Players need to learn how to win again. Which yes, is kind of the main kind of. And show a bit of like style, like like the one thing about the Ar- Arsenal team have always been that kind of like they had a very well. Yeah. well, Wenger, I think like I've listened, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I was listening to a a conversation between Wenger and Klopp on a I think it was on Qatari TV during the Club World Cup, and it was a fucking fascinating to listen to two of them talk about because like I think when like elite managers talk to each other they have this own kind of different language and then the fucking mug of a journalist is just there going like <laughs> yeah. these two guys are on a different these yeah. guys are opera- not, e- not even just like, yeah. on a football like level because obviously they're clearly like miles ahead of that poor yes. bastard but also intellectually as well mm-hmm. I scarcely think that there's two worst two two as good a people to listen to talk but two worst people to try and get involved in a conversation exactly yeah because they'll just because keep geeking out you're, yeah, yeah. Out, you're out of your depth absolutely you're out of your league Donny because the one the one line that Wenger used and was very very telling about like how he felt his time at Arsenal had went um, you might have heard this yeah. himself so he said like we went to the Emirates we lost our soul Mm. Uh, we, we left Highbury I should say we lost our soul we lost that edge of football arrogance mm. and he kept using that phrase football arrogance and that's Arsenal to mm. me like at least from an outsider's point of view when you look at the team and how they interplay and they click and they do all these things like on a football pitch that's arrogance because it's like oh we're able, we're, this is all automated we all know how to do this yeah. it's beautiful and it is beautiful when it plays off but like I said since then you've kind of lost that arrogance because people have found you out or they've found solutions to it you just haven't you haven't kept or up with it. the team's just gotten worse the team's gotten worse you haven't been able to keep up with the with the levels mm-hmm. like that will come back now with the Arsenal team it's going to be a slow pro- I think you won't really see it until next season but at least I think in the interim you're seeing it now though you're seeing it now I mean, yeah. again we'll get into this because it really come, it's zenith once you get the right personnel I think you got there yeah. Yeah. you know yeah Anyway, um, I'm going to start off talking about the Liverpool game because um, we've had a fun week uh, from this one. So we just had two games in a, in the a glorious, um, benevolent empire of Qatar. Uh, I'm forced to say that because uh, it's a gun at the back of my head. Uh, sorry, not a gun. I'm about it. It's a scimitar. They also do beheadings over there. Um, they're they're going to modernise next year. Uh, they're going to start doing all their beheadings via chainsaw. Oh, really? That's good. Because to be fair, like it's it's more it's more humane that way. It really is. Less splatter as well. Um, less? So yeah, less. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do the mats. Do With the mats. Chainsaw. Do the mats. Right <laughs> do the mats. When the when the body's dead, let's let's splatter. Because <laughs> okay. anyway, let's let's move on. Yes. Yeah. So um, we've had we've had two fairly like shit matches in the Club World Cup against Monterey and Flamengo. The Flamengo game in particular was a drab affair because our players are going like... Like oh. nothing happened for 90 minutes and then it went to extra time. I think the only thing that happened was the penalty and that wasn't the penalty, you know. And I think more so that was like seen as vindication for Liverpool Twitter going, see, see, VAR doesn't like us. Shut up. <laughs> and then Robertson um, threatened to fight Maxwell in a fucking, uh, in a, like a pub brawl yeah. outside Glasgow because there's a there's a clip of um, when your man took when uh, Maxwell that's his name fuck um, when he t- fouled Manny basically he like gave Manny a little bit of lip saying like you dived you dived like, I didn't fucking dive and I was outside the box and how is it a free kick to Flamengo what the fuck's going on <laughs> right so Robbo was wound up because he always does he, he, like Liverpool fans will only notice this but Robbo gets seriously wound up during games 
Like he'd always stick the shoulder in, he'd always stick the fucking boot in, in particularly in derbies and games against City. Because mm. any excuse to foul Raheem Sterling, I guess. But, Very much. Um, the camera caught him talking to Mane, looking at this prick with the helmet going, I'll put one on him. I'll put one on him for you, yeah? I'll put one on him for you. I said, I'll put one on him for you. Right? And then five minutes end extra time, fucking slid him off the pitch. <laughs> this is like, this is our team. This is this is the way it works. Like, But um, but yeah, so we had just basically got our back off the playing guitar. A day recovery. I have no a day idea training. how you managed to get through all of this period without, without any injury. Do you know why? Right? Because um, I'm like, like, I think this, was, this yeah. will go back to my prior the, to our previous podcast from this when I said you're going to come off the rails because you're going to get fucking seriously injured. Yeah, you're going to get rake load of injuries, mm-hmm. and you've not had one. I have no idea. Well, we've got one or two now, but that's beside the point. Yeah, it's not. It's a drop in the ocean compared. It's a complete yeah. drop in the ocean. Like. Yeah. Um, in fact, anyway, in especially fact, when you consider like we've managed to go through the entire season with no fullbacks. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like you've yeah. had a tough. And now no centre backs. Yeah. Well, I don't count Mustafi. Yeah. <laughs> no one count. No one should count Mustafi. And if no. you are listening to this and you're counting Mustafi as a defender, don't. Like our players are just waking up in the morning, going, "Oh, what's wrong with my? Oh, but that's my ACL gone. All right then." <laughs> You know, Such like, is life. Yeah, that's just it. Like they're not yeah. getting. They're I not think getting, they're trying to emulate the Arsenal women. Yeah, they're but saying, they're just picking the wrong aspects. Yeah, exactly. yeah, they should be counted. They're like, wrong. oh, Kim Little's so good. What does she have? That I don't. Ah, oh, ACL surgery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. the right answer was goals. <laughs> oh, yeah. Successful dribbles, people. Come on, this is basic yeah. stuff. <laughs> anyway, but I think it was an article on the Athletic. I'm not sure who it was. It could have been Oliver K. And he said um, he used United's Club World Cup campaign as a point of comparison because they got they went to Japan, right? And while they were over there, Liverpool completely bottled the league. It was Rafa doing his whole, like, Rafa fact, yeah. you know, completely just went into meltdown mode. And the way United treated the Club World Cup was a warm-weather um, season camp, basically. Yeah. And that's what we treated Qatar because the one thing about Qatar is thanks to all those slaves dying they have fantastic training facilities yeah you know except for the fact that the semi-final was supposed to be in a uh, air, in a place called Educated Education City and the stadium <laughs> wasn't built yet so we had to move to King of Dublin unfortunately so they, had to, they had to move to Re-Education City yes <laughs> <laughs> to no one has died here in the last three days City um, somebody needs to change the tree <laughs> but yeah the gas thing is like we um, they flew in like when there was a massive thunderstorm and like like sh- like torrential rain in Qatar um, which is if that, that's not proof of climate change I don't know what is uh, and then the moment we came in sunny skies fantastic and just three days of glorious training in Qatar warm weather everyone was delighted two pretty met games that we didn't like really burn out on as such uh, apart from the extra time against Flamengo so everyone's going like oh yeah actually they're actually quite well rested mm-hmm. and then go to back to like Leicester and beat them 4-0 and people are kind of wondering like how could you have done this how could you have flown back from Qatar a day train, day recovery day training it's because well we treated the Club World Cup as a, as a training camp and that's what like most European teams like Real Madrid do they still win the competition because the, the standard is so much better in Europe than it is elsewhere so they're able to basically get away with just basically treating it as a holiday it's a Christmas fucking get together essentially mm-hmm. Um, and actually really showed in this game because Liverpool were so much more fitter than Leicester toward, especially towards the shocking, end yeah because yeah. Le- like Leicester had the week to prepare more or less like they, obviously they got trounced by Man City which wasn't great for the confidence and all that but like Vardy's just been told okay Vardy you've got Joe Gomez and Van Dijk yeah and they just flew back to Qatar yeah right so I did do yeah is one of them fucking yes <laughs> and 
didn't work. He was Watch out, Vardy! Don't spill your port. But he was in Gomez. He was in Gomez's pocket the entire game. Yeah, and that's Gomez, not Van Dijk. Van mm. Dijk was like too busy, like you know, not sweating, you know. But the whole game was Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> Same condition. Shush, 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 shush. You it's can't talk about the injunction. Very convenient places. <laughs> in any case, um, this whole game was Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yeah. The whole thing. He had put... Did he get the record fantasy football points for 24. Yeah. 24, yeah. So the so clean much... sheet, two assists, one goal. It's so much space. Like It was chill. afraid. It was like... Mm. what did he catch the plague in Qatar and they were just afraid of getting it off him they just no. did nobody went near him I'll tell you what it was it's Rodgers Rodgers always plays narrow he's always played narrow in the midfield and what we were able to do then is basically play, try and play didn't he try and play some mad box system to outnumber you in midfield yeah. and it just and totally are, didn't no because what we did was we boxed completely empty completely <laughs> empty and then we boxed our midfield in we put in our three midfielders around that's what them. Arsenal tried to do when we played Liverpool at Anfield at and 5-0 well, no, sorry, this that, was, that happened beforehand. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. no, but at least in that, like, at least Emery turned around and went. Like, we were going to ignore their fullbacks because all they do is cross the ball in. All they do is cross the ball in. <laughs> uh, I, Cowards. I am, I am somewhat <laughs> par- paraphrasing. It's like, all they do is cross the ball in. As long as we get the centre right, those mm. crosses, ball, those balls are just going to go to our players. And the, I think the, the theory around it was that every time those balls come in it's basically you just gifting the ball back to us as long as we focus mm. on getting those second balls back and yeah. recycling that possession back into our own but that's the stuff, no, it didn't we, but that's the stuff that we train on is yeah. getting the second balls mm. like they always, if you ever listen to Klopp and, or Linders in particular Linders is a master at this because he always talks about phase and transitions mm. and he'll say like oh yeah no second phase is more important than first phase mm. you know and it's a very it's a, it's a slight little tenant of like gegenpressing like the last little bit of that kind of like mentality we have in that team yeah. is that no no second phase is more important than first like Guardiola even says defend your post for six seconds if you don't go back into your shape mm-hmm. it's always been about that and that's what kind of Leicester forgot about as well. It's like, no, no, we know what to do, how to do this stuff. You can run and counterattack as much as you want, but we're the ones getting the knockdowns. We're the ones that are picking up the, the slack balls because that's what our team is based on. And that's why we're scoring so many goals on the counter as well without actually expending that much energy. You're the guys <coughs> who are doing the running around. We're the ones picking up the slack after you yeah. and scoring. And that's basically what it was like because yeah. we got the goal in. I think it was Manny who scored the first goal. And then just in the second half, Chilwell re- surrendered so much space and played so narrow because that they were trying to basically like contain the centre. But it didn't matter when you have like well, I don't qu- the qualities of the See, fullbacks. I don't understand like, no. why contain the centre against Liverpool. Like, yeah. Henderson and Milner, maybe. I don't know. It was Keita when Keita Milner. There's yeah. no creativity through the middle of Liverpool. No. Now, in all fairness, again, you don't I've need said it. this before, yeah. that's not a criticism because they don't need it. They just want hard workers through the middle. Yeah. It's the fullbacks you need to contain. Yeah. And it's just like, what are you doing? Now, at least with Arsenal, like, we packed the middle. So, I mean, nothing You can contained. play through the middle. Like, they, yeah. like neither Trent nor uh, Robertson got an assist in the game against us. Yeah. Because uh, we, we had to play through the, from the front Because it went through the middle. Yeah. Because everything just went through the middle. <coughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, you can kind of maybe claim that Emery had a point that somewhat worked. But like I don't know. But you don't want to give. <laughs> don't give him credit. Yeah. Credit. He'd get another job in England. Yeah, but it's like, but I had no idea what Leicester were doing. Like yeah. it's like, all right, then you've surrendered the wings, but then there were there was nothing in the middle as well. Like, I was just wondering if maybe the pressure of coming second got to them, and that like they knew that like oh these are the only teams that are better than us mm-hmm. in the league and. Like yeah, Liverpool got spot on tactics wise, but yeah. it was just. I think it was more so. I suppose yeah. from the 
the neutral point of view because there was the whole aspect of oh these could like you know upset the title mm. oh. I think it was more so a reality check for Leicester because they were kind of wondering like how far can this team go and I think they I don't think they found it I wouldn't say they found their ceiling but they definitely got kind of found out in terms of like that's that's where we are at the moment like they are still a fantastic team they're just like they're shooting for third place in my opinion they probably won't beat City outright although it could be fairly close like um, it depends. City it depends, are, yeah. City are shitting the bed recently quite a lot. Funny you should mention that, Neil. <laughs> Rachel! Wolves vs. Man City. Oh, this was so fun. You <laughs> watched um, this game. I watched this game up in uh, the in-laws. Yes. And uh, the Spud household. <laughs> um, so they had suffered through Brighton, to, or Brighton and Spurs. Yep. And... We're kind of in the mood to watch actual decent football, and we were we were like granted that wish. Um, Manchester City started off well, two goals up, yep. handy enough. And I remember turning around to the the father-in-law and be like, "Oh, this isn't going to go City's way. Like, the Wolves are on one. Yeah. They are on one." And uh, yeah, it was oh, it was just fucking intense. So it all started off with the Edison red card, which was fantastic. A, a really good impression of like a test big boot, but it wasn't quite there. Like it wasn't <laughs> a full test. It was like three quarter test. Like he's still dead, by the way. Just to confirm. yeah, dead test. He's still dead. Yeah, um, but yeah, great impression by Edison. And then really did his really did his um, his part for Christmas by giving us the gift of Claudio Bravo. <sighs> Like it was <laughs> he's so shit so Why bad is he in football? like I don't know who be worse him or uh, what's his name Roberto Roberto oh they, they come from the same cloth like bravo Roberto bravo's been proven to be shit over the last no, few years Roberto right? Roberto, Roberto no Roberto like I've, I've like played a lot you could have told me that was Roberto who had just transferred to Man City you like, wouldn't have yeah. I wouldn't have batted an eyelid I'd be like alright oh, I didn't realize they could do that over tra- like outside the transfer window mm-hmm. Uh, Wolves were fucking unreal. Like it is. But they were also hard done by with the penalty. Yes. Because mm. um, we were two 0 down at that point. I I will say that um, just uh, you know, as people who listen to this podcast will know, mm. I can never remember which one is which between Watford <laughs> and Wolves. <laughs> and uh, it was actually refreshing to see that this random team I'd never really seen play before. <laughs> Played the football I want Arsenal to play. Mm. They were cutting Man City apart. Like Man City looked like they were relegation zone for about twenty minutes. The last twenty minutes of that match. Yeah. They when Adama Traore kicked down the gear, like holy shit, that guy I, is. I remember saying to, he's so fast. He's so fast, yeah. And like he's really big. But the, the, best, thing is. the best thing. Sorry, yes. sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes, yes, carry on. I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> Traore versus Mendy. Oh, just it was beautiful. I it was spat beautiful. Up my mince pie. <laughs> <laughs> it was mince pie spittingly good. Like it's not necessarily meat on the ceiling good, but it's mince it's close pie. there. It's like meat on the floor. It's like what? <laughs> mince pie spit up. Um, yeah, no, it was just when that happened. I was, like, it was just amazing. Like, what was the, he doing? What was he expecting to do? Like, like was he expecting the ball to I go trickle out? If that's against another player, like let, let's say for example Ozil, Ozil wouldn't have the strength maybe to get the ball off. Might, yeah. You know, I think he. But Traore is just like a fucking bus. Yeah. Coming in and like you just know if I was a defender in that position, I know there's someone on the team built 
like Shariari, I wouldn't even attempt it. I just fuck it out of the ground. Like, yeah, the absolutely, dead. absolutely. Because it's just gonna go there. But oh, it was just magnificent. But it just shows how absolute gank Man City's defenses. It's like they, they've they spent like about two hundred million pounds on that back four. That looks and it's just not fit for purpose. Like, like it's all important in the end. That's a team of Mustafis. No, it's a team of ball players. Like they're not natural defenders. Like Cole Walker, I wouldn't call a natural defender. But even uh, then, he, he he's was, probably the best defender out of that back four, which is absurd. I, I, I think Stones is their best defender. No, and I, he's, and he's no garbage. way. I don't rate him. I don't. No, rate no, no, him no. He's garbage. He's garbage. He's just. He is the best of a really, really, really bad bunch. No, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far. Really? No. Walker. You, yeah. You'd pick Walker as the standout defender. Again, it's it's not it's a very oh no no class. I guarantee it. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're literally picking different types of dog shit. Yeah, I agree with you. But I'm I'm saying that Walker is like white dog shit as opposed to the crony dog shit. Yeah, <laughs> and I, know, I have a lot of experience about this. Neil. I know my dog shits. Yeah, but um, no, what, like, I, no, I, I don't say. I I think Stones is somewhat. Actually, good. that new kid Eric Garcia. I think he's the most natural defender because he hasn't been ruined by Guardiola football yet. I don't I think I think it's. I don't even think it's Guardiola doing that. I think it's like. No, actually, the best defender is Fernandinho. Yeah. Fernandinho and Gundogan, because yeah. that was the back back line for them against Everton. Um, but yeah, anyway. It's the second most expensive back four in world football, isn't it? Yeah. The most expensive one is, unbelievably, Manchester United. Yeah. Manchester Just purely for Maguire. Slap head, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 and, Manchester, and Wambasaka as well. No, yeah, Manchester yeah, United, yeah, against, against those, the, the back four that we cut apart was uh, 225 million yeah. fucking hell yeah and that's not including Bailly he was 30 and he's off in the summer off in January on a free <laughs> potentially you'd love to see it um, so the, final the thoughts fun, on we'll the, see the fun thing about that match as well just uh, the penalty with Sterling mm. um, oh this is so good trying to that. trying to describe because I was watching it and uh the, the in-laws are in the other room and they could hear me going yeah oh what what oh what <laughs> I think they were afraid to see what was happening James and what are you doing <laughs> the James walks in from the other room what what's going on <laughs> oh yeah no it was a penalty that uh, I suppose yeah it wasn't it wasn't encroach- it was a penalty it was encroachment but yeah. you can feel Wolves going like hard it's like no no they're dead to 10 men we're supposed to win this is how this works but uh, Matt Doherty's fucking blast uh, shot at the end to win for Wolves was just... I, Irish hero Matt so, Doherty. It was so good. I was like, is he Irish? <laughs> <laughs> is, can we claim him? And they're like, yeah. no, he actually plays for Ireland. Like, he already... Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get him fucking in. <laughs> he's too good to play. For, he's he's too wired to play for Wolves. But so that was a shot that you would not see from anyone in a green no, jersey. Absolutely not. <laughs> Unless they're take notes, David McGoldrick. 